What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 283 of the Smarkout Moment Smack Talk Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, and this is the Hot Tags edition of the week, where I'm going to be breaking down some of the current events, rumors, news, gossip, and whatever the hell else I want to talk about that's gone on in the world of professional wrestling for the past couple of days. So, let's start things off with something that was originally going to be a bigger story, and then there was a correction, and it changed it around a little bit. Chris Atkins and Andrea DeMarco have been released from NXT, and originally the reports that were going around about these also had stated Bronson Matthews, who, if you don't know who the hell that is, because why would you know he hasn't been on NXT TV or the main roster or anything like that, he is Tough Enough winner Josh. Originally, that was the report, is that he had been released, but further reports came out a little bit later on that said that that wasn't the case, and it's just Chris Atkins and Andrea DeMarco, and then eventually later on in the week, we had some news that, uh, how do you pronounce this guy's name, Theophilus Ogby? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how we're gonna go with, um, yeah, so Chris Atkins and Andre DeMarco were released on the 25th, and Theophilus was released on the 27th. So those three people from the developmental side of things, although I, eh, Andrea doesn't really count all that much, have been released from WWE, and it's sort of a different story when it comes to the people that usually matter when they get released. Uh, compared to these people, because I don't even know who Chris Atkins and that Theophilus person are, and I do know who Andrea DeMarco is, but that's mostly because I had gotten her confused with Dasha, uh, Dasha Fuentes and Charlie Caruso for a little while. They had brought Dasha in, and then it felt like a couple of weeks, maybe it was a couple of months after that, they had Andrea and Charlie, and all three of them looked pretty similar, and I couldn't tell them apart for the longest time. Now I have my pecking order. I think uh, Charlie Caruso is easily the best of the bunch, and I think that she's the most attractive, by the way, which, quick plug for the Sexiest Superstars tournament that's going on right now. Charlie Caruso is still in it. We're on round two. Dasha Fuentes is unfortunately not, and Andrea DeMarco actually didn't make it to begin with because she was one of the six people that people had voted to eliminate in the qualifying round. I guess I'm assuming that part of that is because people don't know who Andrea DeMarco is, because there was, like, no pictures of her on the internet that really kind of made her seem like she was in WWE. So you had to search for Andrea Ocampo, and uh, she really only popped up here and there on NXT. A lot of people don't watch NXT and all that, but essentially her role, if you do not know who she was, was one of the broadcast team members. She did backstage interviews and a little bit of announce announcing work, and she was awful at that, by the way. So was Dasha, but Andrea was worse. She was fine for a backstage interviewer. I wouldn't have fired her, but maybe she just realized that this wasn't for her and she wants to do something else. Maybe they figured she wasn't progressing well enough with what they would want because they do kind of go through the correspondence quite a bit. We had Rich Brennan for a little bit there. We had Alex Reyes for a little bit. Uh, you know, they, they, they kind of come and go. Right around that same time, we had seen Christy St. Cloud get her position, and Caleb Braxton got a little bit of a bump up. So when you start seeing other people that are getting your spot, you can kind of realize that you're going to be fired soon, or that maybe she was quitting and she gave their notice and they hired Christy St. Cloud, uh, Christy St. Cloud, it sounds like such a stripper name, 
to replace her, and they knew that this shoe was going to be going or whatever, but she's the biggest story out of those three, as far as I'm aware of, because Atkins and Ogby, or Agby, fuck if I know who they are, but uh, let's move on to another topic here, because we have three people leaving WWE, one person, actually two people, look like they might be coming to WWE. Gunner, if the rumors are true, is signing with WWE soon, and so is Adam Cole from Ring of Honor. His deal with Ring of Honor ended, and all that really has been speculated about is that he would be going to NXT. He'd want to start there and not try to go to the main roster, which I'm pretty sure wouldn't be the case anyway, because Adam Cole is a name that I'm aware of, and I'm sure other people are aware of when it comes to the pro wrestling side of things, but he's not a huge, huge name like AJ Styles was, or for even some people like Bobby Roode and Samoa Joe, they had to go through the NXT system. Shinsuke Nakamura had to go through NXT. Asuka's going through NXT. A lot of these people still go through NXT. And Drew McIntyre brought back into the company. They put him in NXT. Adam Cole is a guy that I'm not too familiar with as far as like his in-ring work, but I've heard really nothing but good things about him. So if you put him on NXT, I'm all aboard for that because if the more people you get on there, the better, right? It's never going to hurt to bring in more talent. It's the same thing with, like, hiring really great actors in a movie or, you know, anything where you can basically boil it down to the more good people working on something, the better it'll be. So I don't really have the same enthusiasm about Gunner because I've seen a little bit of Gunner and he was fine, but I don't really consider him somebody who I would have been like, man, they really got to go after this guy. There's other people in the Impact side of things where even the Ring of Honor side of things, that I I would be a little bit more interested in bringing on board. And I'm going to try to bring up the TNA roster right now, see what they've got listed on there. And the ROH one, too, because um, I'm not really familiar with them off the top of my head. I could list you everybody on the WWE roster for the most part. But uh, taking a look at this right now, for Ring of Honor, Alex Shelley is somebody that I really wish that they would bring into the WWE and uh, for that uh, matter, the whole idea of the tag team with him and Chris Saban, that would be a great tag team to bring into NXT or WWE. I still think Christopher Daniels would be interesting. I still think that Frankie Kazarian would be a great addition. Uh, I think you could skip on like Colt Cabana and Cheeseburger, although I could go for a cheeseburger right now. So I don't know, maybe uh, if I get a little bit more hungry a little bit later on in this podcast, maybe I'll decide a little bit differently. Jay Lethal is another guy that I really wish would bring over. Kenny King is somebody who I've liked in the past quite a bit. I At this point, I think that it's the ball's passed when it comes to Rhett Titus, and I don't think that it's really that good of an idea to bring back Evan Bourne because he's had his problems through the company before, and what is he really going to offer all that much? If he brought him into the 205 Live, that'd be kind of cool. I'd be in for that. As far as impact goes... I'm really looking through this list and not seeing a whole lot of names. I, I still think uh, EC3 is the main guy to go with. And James Storm, of course, has a little bit of uh, stuff to give. But, mm, yeah, like Sanjay Dutt, I'm like, take or leave. Robbie E, I, I kind of like. Moose, maybe. Matt Morgan, uh, a couple of years ago, yeah. Magnus is sort of like, yeah, I'd, I'd go with Magnus, why not? But Adam Cole and Gunner, you know, if they're good enough that WWE wants to sign them, 
bring them aboard, and I'm not going to be complaining about it whatsoever, that's for sure, because the more people that we get on this, the more chances that we get some good matches, so thumbs up as far as I'm concerned. Now, this is something I don't really have anything to talk about when it comes to, like, any kind of personal uh, experience with it or whatever, and I'm not even sure how to pronounce it, but WWE has announced a new show in Arabic on OSN Sports, and I would assume it's pronounced Waluha, but it's W-A-L-3-O-O-H-A, and the only thing that I know how to pronounce when it's got a number in the word is the movie 7, the S-E and then 7 E-N was just 7, so (laughs) maybe it's Waluha, Walthruha, I I really have no idea, I'm a dumb, ignorant American, so I do not know other languages, and uh, this seems like it's bullshit anyway, that's the thing, if this were a different story, where maybe it was going to go with like a Rinka King type of thing, and they were going to try to like really build something going, maybe that would be the reason why Jinder Mahal was a big part of this push going forward, but more than likely, it seems like it's just one of those generic recap shows, and if it's just a generic recap show that you would have seen Scott Stanford do or Kathy Kelly do or whatever, they have two other people. I don't know who the hell they are. Uh, who cares? It recap stuff is already constantly on WWE television, and I don't know Arabic, so <laughs> there's no way in hell I'm going to be watching this. So, spoiler alert for the end of the year, those two broadcast panelists are not going to be my worst or my best for the year because I will have never seen them. But when it comes to WWE bringing out different things in different countries and kind of expanding their global reach, it's nothing but a good thing. The more people in Arab-speaking countries that can follow WWE, the more revenue that they can get in, the more revenue that they can get, the more uh, crazy stuff that they can do, the better people that they can hire, and then it all snowballs back and forth and stuff. And WWE doesn't necessarily need to cater to all markets, but it should. It's a global entertainment type of platform. And if you don't have it in certain countries, it's a little bit weird. So those people in those countries, if they like it, then they should have their WWE fix. Why not? Let's talk a little bit about Table for Three, Team Eck, Team E-C-K, or if you don't know what it is, Edge, Christian, and Kurt Angle were the three people on that edition. Watched that a little bit earlier today. And you know what? I thought it was a pretty interesting episode. It wasn't the best that they've ever had. But when you get these three guys together, or more importantly, when you get Edge and Christian together, you end up having some fun because they poke fun at Kurt Angle for being bald. Christian calls him, uh, he says he looks like a human thumb. There's a funny story of Christian asking Kurt Angle to let him take him down so he can look a little bit more credible. And Kurt Angle just being like, nah, I don't think I can do that, dude. Um, but they have their weird shenanigans that they've been through over the years, and they kind of just recap them a little bit and tell you some funny stories along the lines like that. But again, with everything when it comes to the extra stuff on the network, my opinion is always whether I love it or I hate it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to love it or hate it. So if that's something that you think you'd be interested in, definitely go ahead and check it out because it's only 28 minutes long or so. I don't know why I said the specific time of 28 minutes. It's like, it's roughly 28.02 or some bullshit. Uh, But the whole idea behind these things is it's supplemental. So it's not like a must-see, but if you do enjoy it, I recommend that you check out as much WWE Network content as you can because, you know what, sometimes we get some bad episodes of Raw, sometimes a bad episode of NXT or SmackDown or 205 Live or a bad pay-per-view or something, and if you watch one of these little things... 
it might uh, change your opinion about just the way that the the company's working right now. You might watch a bad episode of Raw and you just sat through three hours of boring nonsense or a horrible pay-per-view or something. And then you watch some ride-along or a table for three or a WWE 24 and suddenly you kind of like wrestling a little bit more again. So I liked it enough that I would recommend it to you guys, but if that's not your thing, go ahead and skip it. You're not going to be like losing track of storylines and stuff. Let's talk about a funny anecdote while we're at it. Cody Rhodes was in an interview and he was talking about some different things and he said that Ryback has never actually seen the original Terminator movie. Uh, That's one of the direct quotes that he said. He also said he didn't know there was one. He legitimately thought it was called Terminator 2 because there were two Terminators. (laughs) If you don't know this by now from following me, either on Smartout Moment or even more predominantly probably on Fanboys Anonymous, Terminator 2 is my favorite movie of all time. It is uh, unparalleled as far as my favorite movie because there are very, very many movies that I absolutely love. I'm a huge James Bond fan, so GoldenEye is very much up there. That's my favorite of the bunch when it comes to those. I'm a big Star Wars fan, so Empire Strikes Back, of course, is really in the mix there. The Godfather and The Shawshank Redemption are the two movies that I consider to be the best movies of all time. And Reservoir Dogs is a movie I can quote from top to bottom. Pulp Fiction's another great one. Stranger Than Fiction, Robin Hood Men in Tights, Clerks. There's a whole bunch of them. But you ask me what my favorite movie of all time is? It's Terminator 2. It's been my favorite since the early 90s when I was young enough to watch it. And it's never, um, nothing's ever been able to beat it. So I, you know, we've been making these jokes about Ryback for years now of him being this oblivious, weird type of guy where it's the whole like, you know, hey, hey, you think uh, it's going to take a long time for my spit to get to the bottom of the Grand Canyon? Like that kind of shit. And then they hear a story like this where it's like you legitimately thought that it's Terminator 2 because it's just Terminator 2 meeting two Terminators. It it matches up so well. And I just I was so fucking uh, tickled by it. I thought this was hilarious. So I wanted to share that with you guys because the hot tags are not just about like super serious things or monumental changes and whatever. Sometimes it's about some stupid crap that happens along the way. So (laughs) made me laugh. Figured I'd uh, share it with you guys. But we do have some more important things to talk about here. And if we're talking about movies, let's get into the Vince McMahon biopic film that's going to be coming out at some point. We're not exactly sure when the release date is because they still haven't announced casting and they still haven't done a lot of that kind of stuff. But it's in development. Right now it's being called Pandemonium, which sucks. That is a stupid title. It's too bland. And I hope that they change that. But at the same time, I kind of hope they changed like the majority of the script from what the leaks are coming out with because the script seems awful. And I'm very much the type of person that even if there's a movie based on a subject that I like, I might not necessarily watch the movie or vice versa. I wasn't really interested in a lot of war type stuff and yet I wanted to see Hacksaw Ridge or I have no interest in musicals. I wanted to see La La Land, so on and so forth. But a Vince McMahon biopic, I'm going to want to watch. Just the same as I'm going to want to watch the Chris Benoit one. The Benoit one, so far, seems like it seem, uh, it's coming off a little bit more legitimate. This one, 
specifically has been changing stuff about the timeline, it's been changing history, and it's in an attempt to kind of make it a little bit more Hollywood, but in the process it's losing all credibility that it has, and not even for better choices either. The report that I had read said specifically that it even starts off with, instead of saying uh, based on a true story or inspired by a true story, it's just something along the lines of this story is as true as anything else in professional wrestling, which flat out just tells you right there that it's fucking fake. So on top of that, they have stuff like Vince McMahon Sr. dying during the steroid scandal, which didn't happen. But I guess they thought, you know what, if he dies at a different time, it's not going to be as dramatic. So why don't we have him do that? And if that leads into one of those impassioned speeches of like, my father just died, but we are going to fight back and get over this. Give me a fucking break. Vince McMahon's story is interesting enough without touching a damn thing about it. Just don't make him a superhero. And that is actually something that it seems like they're trying to do. One thing actually said even, Vince McMahon beats somebody up and Linda McMahon gets turned on by it. This seems absolutely ridiculous. And I will watch the hell out of it. And I will hate it so much. Because it sounds awful. But I hope that they change their mind. And I hope that they give it a title that really is just symbolic of what the story actually is. Because I want to see the story. I'd rather even see some kind of like a a documentary than a movie. But if they're going to go with a movie route, then make it as real as you can get and only tinker around little tiny things here and there. For instance, they're talking about merging Gorilla Monsoon with Hulk Hogan. You can't do that. Hulk Hogan has to be his own character. Gorilla Monsoon has to be his own character. If you don't know a way to get Gorilla Monsoon into the mix, then maybe you write his character out of it, but you can't just merge the two together. What do you want to call the person at that point? Gorilla Hogan? That's stupid. Everybody's going to know that it's Hulk Hogan. That's the type of thing that bugs me about some of these movies, and I'm not familiar with a lot of different biopics where I'm, you know, real well-versed on the source material and I can point out a lot of things that are different, but... We can point out some problems with the Vince McMahon one. I just hope that they change their mind. I hope that the negative reaction that it's getting online convinces them that they should change a lot of things, including that title. Because Pandemonium, why don't you just name it something like Fighter? Or like, oh, they actually had a movie called The Fighter. Oh, God. Yeah, man. See, that's the type of generic crap I can't stand. Make that something, like, grandiose. Make it stand out on its own. Wrestling has always done that kind of stuff. You know, they created WrestleMania. Or you could just go this even simpler route, call it Mr. McMahon. That would be perfect for it. But Pandemonium, nobody's going to go, oh, Pandemonium, that sounds like a good movie. It's a generic word. You might as well name it Wrestling. I'm not a big fan of this, but again, just as I was with the uh, Chris Benoit story, I am so interested on... Who could they cast as Vince McMahon? And the people on Collider, which if you do not follow Collider for Schmoes No and for Movie Talk and the movie trivia Schmo Down and all that stuff, that stuff's great. If you like that kind of stuff, I love it. But um, one of the people that they suggested was Jason Sudeikis. And I was thinking to myself at first, what? That's fucking stupid. And then I thought a little bit more about it. I could kind of see Jason Sudeikis being a decent Vince McMahon. 
the other person that they had suggested that I was like, man, I'm even on board with this even more is Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman is Vince McMahon. That could work. You know, I, I kind of like the idea behind that. So I want to know what your casting ideas are for Vince McMahon, for Pat Patterson, Gorilla Monsoon, Hulk Hogan, Iron Sheik, anybody that you guys want to throw out there. I am so, so interested in that kind of stuff. But let's continue on here with another big, big story, which is that Billy Corgan has purchased or, well, is going to purchase NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance. Of course, we do not know any details about what he's planning to do with NWA in the future or the people that he might bring in or the writers or any of those kind of things. Because right now it's not even official, but it's pretty official. You know, it's just one of those things that you know that they're waiting for the ink to dry on the contracts and stuff. But it's pretty interesting that his whole experience with Impact did not convince him that he should just step away from the wrestling industry. And you know what? I got to commend him for that. Billy Corgan is not somebody that I really would go for when it comes to, like, who would you want to run a wrestling company? Because I would be thinking about the wrestlers and I'd be thinking about the retired wrestlers and different things like that. But some of his ideas for TNA didn't seem all that bad. And I'm not paying any attention whatsoever to NWA right now. It doesn't seem like almost anybody is. So if Billy Corgan can kind of step him into the limelight a little bit, maybe take over that spot that Global Force was going to be doing, because Global Force now is apparently going to be working a little bit more into an integration with TNA, which makes sense. Jeff Jarrett is running both of them, so why have two separate companies? Ring of Honor, WWE, NXT, you can't really count NXT separately, but everybody knows WWE is number one. It always will be. New Japan, if you're in... Japan is your number one or your number two. You're never going to be like, oh, I got to check out CMLL in Japan. But they have these different markets. And if you're talking about the American quote unquote territory system, it essentially comes down to WWE is number one. Impact essentially is number two still. It, it kind of sounds ridiculous to say that. But Ring of Honor is number three. And NWA could be number four at the end of this. They get a TV deal, they get some kind of like internet streaming service going on or something just to separate them a little bit, maybe not go too crazy with their ideas. It could end up being something pretty interesting going forward, so I would give it a shot if uh, down the line some of the stuff starts looking pretty good, and if you guys check it out even before I do, you're going to have to let me know what's going on, who are the good people to watch out for and stuff like that, but Billy Corgan purchasing NWA... As far as I'm concerned, it's something that, for the most part, is probably a good thing. If you're stagnant and you don't change anything, where do you expect to go? You're either going to sink a little bit more or you're going to still stay stagnant. So change can be good. Let's put it that way. And our last story to talk about here is, uh, oh man, this sucks. Sean Waltman was arrested at LAX. Uh, He decided for some reason that it would be a decent idea to bring a whole bunch of drugs to the airport. And he was stopped because he was on this watch list for the Customs and Border Patrol. You you get a whole bunch of arrests when it comes to narcotics. You're going to be put on that list. It makes perfect sense, as it should be, because if you are proving that you're some kind of a risk, then I'm sorry, you're going to have to step out of line. We're going to have to check you out. And these drug-sniffing dogs came across three marijuana chocolate bars, 
two THC liquid cigarettes, 38 meth capsules. And then for some reason, reports always keep saying and over $700 in cash. I don't know why that's a problem, but I did just see something recently about a guy that was stopped because he had too much cash on him, which is like, what's the matter with having too much cash on you? What if you are on a trip and you want to pay with cash? Never quite understood that. But that led to the conclusion that he had more than likely the intent to sell over into the UK with all this drugs. Uh, he, of course, tweeted out that he didn't have a relapse. Others said that he's fine. He also said that he was going to take a polygraph and there was going to be like a hair sample and that this was all going to be cleared up and stuff like that. But he was arrested and charged with a felony. He was released on Sunday with a $35,000 bond. And I'll admit, it, you know, sometimes I make fun of these kind of things because it's like, you know, you do the uh, crime, you're going to do the time. I hate seeing that kind of stuff happen with X-Pac because I liked X-Pac back in the day. I liked the one, two, three kid. I want Sean Waltman to succeed, man. I want him to get into the fucking Hall of Fame. I wish that he could come back and be a trainer or he could be on 205 Live or he could be in NXT or something like that because that would be so cool. But he just, he's got that same thing going on that Scott Hall has where every time you think you haven't heard about him in a while, something pops up. And it's disappointing because, you know, people can't get rid of whatever these problems are that are gnawing at their brains. But I don't know what else you do to be with people like that. You know, how much rehab time and money and resources and stuff and just energy can you really put into hoping that people change their life around instead of just one day they get caught up in it and they end up dying? Hopefully... He was not actually doing the drugs, but if he wasn't doing the drugs and he planned on selling it, that's an entirely other kind of issue because you're then a flat out criminal because you can argue and I'm very anti-drug. You can argue stuff like, well, having the three weed bars shouldn't be illegal and marijuana should be legalized and whatever like that. I'll open up a discussion when it comes to that. I'll hear your points of view, and I don't smoke weed, but I can see why people would be okay with it. Meth, to me, is entirely different. And selling something like meth is even worse because you're not the person who's taking it all in on themselves. You're pushing it on other people. You're allowing other people to fuck up their life. So if he was planning on selling that, then that is awful man that's really awful and if he was doing it somebody needs to try to get him out of that fucking funk but at the same time i have to laugh about this one thing i was checking comments here and there on some different websites and somebody threw out the idea that he should be called meth pock and it was just i have to laugh about it because it's fucking rude but it's funny as hell so end off on a positive note with that little joke there or i guess as positive as you can get but I want to know what you guys have to say about these topics, so leave me your comments below if you are watching this on YouTube. If you're on iTunes or Stitcher, then go to the website and on the page itself, leave your comments there. I'll uh, try to respond back to anybody that I can, but that's going to do us in for the Hot Tags edition for episode number 238. So thanks for watching this, everybody. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and that thumbs up button as well. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and stay tuned for the rest of the stuff coming your way for Smack Talk. 
which is the next thing you're going to be hearing me from is the rest hold, of course. A little bit later on in the week, we're going to be having our breakdown of round two of the Sexiest Superstars tournament, and maybe something else. Kind of depends on what I've got going on. I mentioned it before, got a whole bunch of problems with uh, people doing some restoration of a basement flood that had happened, so... I don't know, at any point in this week, I might have to deal with people putting down carpet and stuff, and then you're not going to be able to hear a whole bunch of that in the background of podcast stuff. I'm not going to put you through that, and I'm not going to put myself through the editing process of trying to edit that stuff out. So if it's not something for this week, then our main event's going to be that round two breakdown, and if I'm able to do another thing, then I'll try to put something else out there. But in the meantime, if you have any suggestions of what that could be, Leave a comment below and tell me what you think that you'd like to see in the future of some other kind of main event, either for this week or next week or anytime else in the future. I know one thing that we have on the back burner is Superstar Scores The Undertaker, which I'll probably wait until Undertaker comes back up into the mainstream news a little bit more. But maybe we have some other kind of stuff like a, a finisher versus finisher or a belt or bury or I don't know, maybe just a going over or something, but... Any suggestions you have, toss them my way. The worst thing that could happen is I don't do it, right? So blah, 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 this all boils down to this has been another Smark Out moment, and I am being counted out.